Welcome to 54 Live. I am your host, Digsies, and I'm joined once again by my mainest man, Jake. Jake, how's it hanging, buddy? To the left a little bit. It's, it's a pretty good day over here in Oklahoma, just, just having some fun. Been a long time. Been a long time. Four of our listeners here. This is the downtime for 54 Live. Come after the Ryder Cup, after the President's Cup, Digsy shuts it down for the golf world, but don't worry. Season three is about to pop off soon, and uh, we'll have some episodes in December to talk about the promotion event, the live promotion event. Plus, we'll be going over all the new signings, all the new contracts that are hopefully some new players. Pat Perez just got read up with the aces. Crushers are running it back. Ortiz declined his contract with the Fireballs. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, and it looks like he he and Pooge are going to be doing a swap. I, 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 don't, I don't. Yeah, he's going to go. So Ortiz is going to Torque. Pooge is going over to Fireballs. So guess what? Fire, it'll actually be on the Fireballs where you thought he was the whole time. I know. I was saying Ortiz is in the Fireballs. Be alone. Finally, when I finally get it right and say that I'm, I'm it's. They finally switched it. When they finally, switched I think they just. I think they just want to keep you on your toes. But I think so. I think so. But yeah, we'll be coming back in December to get all, all that good stuff before season three pops off in January. The schedule still hasn't come out yet. Brooks Kepka is complaining on all of social media. Looks like there's a little dissension in the ranks there. Uh, Brooks Kepka is Brooks Kepka. He is just he does one. not give a fuck, man. That's what I love about Brooks Kepka is that he is not bought. He, you think you would think he's bought and sold because of how hard he rocks the Nike mm-hmm. gear and how he still stays loyal to Sirixon even though that driver cut in half in, in the middle of the DC event. But at the same time, homeboy will say what he has to say. Like we said, he is the alpha male of the golf world. And he does not care. And he knows that he's the king shit. Because you know what? He's a five-time major champion. He's the biggest get on live right now. And the PGA Tour players like him. The live guys like him. He is the fucking unicorn in the golf world. He's one of those guys who... I think that here's the real question for you. Who do you think gets to say more of what they want to say? 2000 Tiger Woods or Brooks Kepka today? I think Brooks Kepka today. Because I, I think 2000 so. Tiger Woods, he was still worried about his image and still worried about, I don't think Tiger really. No, that makes sense because Tiger Woods focused so much in his, in his younger days on trying to be like Michael Jordan. Yep. And once it came out that he wasn't Michael Jordan because. I think part of that's not his fault. Part of that is is that basketball ends in your 30s, yeah. right? So there was a, a time where Michael could actually walk away from the limelight, do what he needed to do outside of, of the sport. Whereas with Tiger, you're in golf, and there there is no true turnoff. So the time of his life when he was going through the drama with Ellen, with the drama with everything else, it's just... Those were time periods where he probably would have been retired if he was in other sports, so it wouldn't have been as much heat. Yeah. And so I think that Tiger, I think you're right. I think that Tiger Michael trying to go, be like. Michael did go through his stuff in the he, middle. Oh, he did, but it was more about the gambling questions and about. His was also. His also, it got weird because it they were blaming him. Like but I think his fall was so much less than Tiger's oh, because yeah, for whatever. Yeah. Because I think part of it was because Tiger, they, they made him look like a Boy Scout for his yep. entire early years. And then it's, oh, he's not a Boy exactly. Scout. You always he's, knew with Michael, there was a little edge about him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that Michael gives off a lot of the same vibes that Brooks does. Yeah. And speaking about edge, we have a great interview coming up with our friend, Caddy Issues, Claire, aka Caddy Issues, a golf 
social influence Instagram star. And we just had a great 30 minute conversation with her, Jake. What did you think? Honestly, I'm pretty excited for this. It's important for you guys to, to understand and, and for us to understand that there's a whole lot that goes on in golf that isn't just professional. And I guess you could, in a way you could say she's a golf professional because of the fact that she's influencing through the golf world. Yeah. There's a rise in a lot of these, a lot of content creators out there and content creation is where it's at right now. It's yeah. an opportunity for you to live your dreams while at the same time being able to gain access to life, to things in life simply by being yourself on camera. Yeah. which I wish I could do. I wish I could really do that. Look at us. Like we're not good enough to play on the PGA tour, but we still have business in the golf world. We have this podcast. I have a golf clothing line, Long Island Golf Co. You have your YouTube channel. So golf is a game that brings everybody together. And it, the great thing about it is you could be 10 years old or you can be 85 years old. You can still go out and golf and you can still enjoy golf. And nowadays, with all the channels, we talked about this with Claire. She's starting a YouTube channel. She's going to start vlogs with, of her rounds. I watch golf on YouTube all the time with all these groups and foursomes that go out there and these vlogs. And it's great content. And she's just started it a year and a half ago. And she's kicking butt right now. She is. I, I know that you did this sponsorship thing with her for Long yeah. Island Golf Co. Yep. And it'll be cool to see just how you guys' brands merge together over time and be able to work together. Ultimately, though, guys, it's a different take than what we usually go on as far as just hearing somebody's voice that's not in the professional world. So, guys, saddle up. It's going to be fun. Yes. And just a heads up, there was a little technical issues with the audio. I worked on it on post-edit. There might be a little technical issues that might not be as clean as our audio normally is, but you know what? We want to give Claire her due. We want to bring this interview to the world. So suck it up, shut up, and deal with it. Enjoy, pimps. But we are joined today by Claire, a.k.a. Caddy Issues herself. Claire, how's it going? Thank you for having I will go by Claire or Caddy Issues. I answer to both of them. Hey, well, we'll go with Claire. We'll go with Claire. We'll, we'll call you by your government name. How's it going? I'm good. I just walked back in the door from golfing all morning. I like time for lunch, time for start refueling. Yeah, and going back out, a little practice in the afternoon. I'm dead, should I? Yeah. And honestly, I'm jealous. Yeah. If, if, if Claire just moved to Scottsdale from the Northeast, you were in the Northeast by me somewhere? Yes, I was. I would. I was just in Boston for the last three years, and I just said no. Nice. So from Boston to Scottsdale, now you could golf year-round. How you like in the Scottsdale weather? Scottsdale is amazing. It feels like on vacation every single day. So weird. This year, or this previous year in Boston, I swear, it feels like the sun only came out like three weeks out of the whole year. It was such a gloomy year and it was just hard to golf around i'm sure you guys were experiencing jake's in oklahoma so jake has good weather a lot more than i do up here in new york but yeah this summer i think it was like 10 straight weekends that it rained or was gloomy every saturday and sunday we had a horrible summer this year if you weren't playing during the week and you were only a weekend warrior like most people are you didn't get a lot of good weather this year so I'm sure you're probably I know. thrilled with the Scottsdale weather. Yeah, it would like rain every weekend, but every Monday it would be 
perfect. I know. It was beautiful during the week and horrible on the weekend. Yeah, but Scottsdale, I've not had any issues except for sunburning my butt up. But I'm working on it. You'll get used to it. Yeah. Good year and your skin will get nice and tough for that that weather. But I'm the same way. I got the Irish skin, so I I would have to be wearing SPF 60 every single day. Oh, yeah. I've got like permanent socks on now. My sock pants, probably a 10 out of 10 right now. Looking great. It could be worse. Right, right now it's forty where I am, so you could be bundled up. And my my clubs are in the closet for the next two months, so I, I'd switch with you in a heartbeat. No wonder you have club face issues. What? No wonder you have club face issues, Diggs. Yeah, no, well, it's hard when you only get to play eight months out of the year. And then come March, it's like I'm starting over again. So every single year, it's like I'm starting over again. And then the second I start getting my game on track. And I'm shooting low scores. It's time to hang up the clubs again. It's it's a pain in the ass. Ben Hogan always said it best. If, if you take one day off, it takes a week to catch back up. So it's just, it's one of those where it's, okay, how do I figure out how to hit a golf ball today? That's life. It's like going to the gym. You could bust your ass for a week. You start getting some gains. You take one or two days off and it's like starting all over again. <laughs> so I see you got, that. you got a new friend, Riggs, down there. We have played a couple times. Uh, he's awesome. he's really funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. I've been following him for a while. I, I, I've been a stoolie since way back in the day, like 2010, like before they even moved to New York. So I, I've been following the, the rise of foreplay. They're, they're doing a great job, especially growing the game. Has he been showing you around the courses? Have, have you got some favorite courses now? Or are you joining any clubs? What's the golf life down there? Down here, it's definitely different there's a lot of really nice public courses and i feel like in boston it was either you could go to your local uni or you had to know the one out of my club and yeah. over here like you can have a cheap public course or the expensive public course you can play tbc for what like six hundred dollars if you wanted to and then you can play like a different course for 50 bucks so i don't really have one Civic court deck. Oh, besides talking deck, I go to that one for a while. I have to say, don't mind me building here. Talking stick is really pretty. It's right next to that big casino, Scottsdale. Okay. What's my call? Talking stick. That's what the casino yeah. is called. Totally. Another brief part right there for that. Palette. I just, they do a really good job. All the courses just got done reseeding, which is a process I've never had to deal with before. In Boston, they, the course is just completely closed for an entire month. Really? Um, in, yes, in all month of October, they closed, reseeded, and now they're all open, but everywhere it's curtain only for the next month. Yeah, that's and, annoying. That's like up here in the Northeast when they aerate, but even when they aerate, they still let you out. But yeah, you know, that's crazy. Receding, we haven't, do they do that in Oklahoma, Jake? Not really. Or if they do it while the course is still open. So like my house, my course that they added sprigging, which is basically where they take like, if it think of it like hair plugs, but for, before a golf course, that's what it looked like. Basically they take a bunch of live seedlings and throw them in the middle of like dead grass and try to use that to like resurface and bring back to life a dead fairway. 
because it's awkward because most of us courses down here we use a Bermuda hybrid that actually only grows whenever the daily average temperature between the low and the high is a total of 150 or higher it has to be like a low of 70 and a high of whatever mm. so it, when it's not like that it gets doesn't grow that can get really tricky this time of year so it goes dormant and so yeah, we still aerate down here, but we also do sprigging and all kinds of other stuff. And then also, do you guys have spots where the greenskeepers will have a spare green that's not actually being used to pull like live? Yeah, uh, like, a, like a nursery. A nursery green. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have that up here. Yeah, I saw that a lot. But I haven't seen that. It's probably so easy in Scottsdale just get some, just to get some sodded stuff and throw it down. It's not, it's beautiful all year round so it's easy probably to just reseat refix it with a piece of sod what's the weather like right now in oklahoma dude it's been pretty nice for the last week or so honestly nothing's been really too crazy been almost zero wind and so i've been trying to force myself to get back out there even though i have a lot of work projects going on right now and i'm telling you man when you're out there it's zero wind it's overcast and it just makes you feel like hey this is where i want to live right now yeah it's going to be 60 tomorrow here on the island, but it's going to rain all day. I'm screwed up. Uh, Friday, it was 63 and beautiful, but I went to Pennsylvania, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania this weekend with my wife and son. So the one golf day I've had in the past two, three weeks, I wasn't able to play. I'm itching to get out there, but hopefully, hopefully I'll get like a, cause I can't, if it's like on the 45, I'm not going. It's not worth it for me. So be bundled up. You can't, it's so hard to swing with all that layers on and you never get loose and you just, it's if it's up, I play from 45 to 85. That those are my, I don't think I'd make it in the Scottsdale summer. You wouldn't make it in my summer either, dude. No. Sheesh. No, but you definitely wouldn't make it in Scottsdale summer. Claire, I'm pretty sure gets a new birthmark and or whatever the freckle, freckle like yeah. freckle, like every single five seconds she goes outside. It's so hot down there. Yeah. Honestly, like when it's in the, when it's in the nineties here, I'm either golfing at 6 a.m. or, or 6 p.m. in the summer because I can't, when it's really hot, it's not enjoyable. Whatever, dude. It's awesome. You lose like seven pounds when you're on the course. You get off the course looking, you start off the course looking like Jonah Hill before he lost the weight, and then you leave looking <laughs> like Jonah Hill whenever he looked good. It's a nice little weight loss. So, Claire, when did you start playing golf? What age did you really get the golf bug, and how did it start? It feels like a little bit of a back story. Like, it's not just, oh, I started three years ago, like blank. So, I started. Probably a bit of the interest when I was 12 years old, and I briefly played as a junior, probably around uh, 12, 13, and I quit when I was 14 because I sucked. I mm -hmm. absolutely sucked, like, so hard. For the junior tournaments, you only play nine holes. I, even my last year on the team, didn't break 55, 56. I uh, and... I had such anger issues on the golf course. It was not fun for me. So I was like, okay, F that. This isn't working for me, please. So Snapping some clubs. My mom would come watch me. And if I was hit in the woods, I would just be having like a temperature. I would like stomp over. And she would like try to help. And I'd be like, mom, don't help me. <laughs> Make me alone. Yeah, it's that age when you're embarrassed of your parents, right? Like you don't want them yeah. around. Exactly. And so I just was not happy with it. I sucked. I wasn't going anywhere with it. Wasn't going to go to college for it. So I quit. And didn't even 
think about twice for the next however many years. I'm 23 now. And let's see, I'm trying to think of the timeline. I when working as a bartender at Hooters, actually, funny story. And we were hired to go be at a tent at a charity tour. Okay. As a Hooter girl. This was probably a year and a half ago. And I was just shooting with the guys. I'm like, oh, papa, I used to play. And I was just laying in club. And we were just taking videos and being funny and like around. And the video actually blew up overnight. <laughs> Mini blow up for me for being a very small account. Like, yeah. Like 10K. And I was like, oh, but for being like a small account, a thousand followers, that mini viral for me at that time. Oh, yeah, so definitely. I, I had so much fun doing it. I was like, I'm going to go down this route and it's literally what could happen. I did yeah. absolutely nothing. So I started just like making videos and then they were doing so well. I started taking lessons again. And then by that time, it was winter last year. It was too cold to be on the course last year. The entire winter in Boston, I took a lesson every single week. Just grinding it out, right? Grinding it out for probably like four months. Were you going to simulators or were you bundled up outside? No, I was indoors at Golf Tech. Okay. Yeah, and I found a really good coach there and I just worked on my mechanics. For however long that was, uh, didn't even go on the course, didn't touch the golf course. And so we were just working inside on my mechanics. And then it was nice outside again. Or like started playing outside and things just took off from there. And now a year later, I, I quit my bartending job, quit my day job. Yeah. Now I'm focusing on the content yeah. time, not yeah. living in Scottsdale. That's. That is a whirlwind for a year and a half. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So you got those videos and you're like, I'm on to something and it looks like it's working out. You got over 300,000 followers on um, Instagram. I think you're 10,000 plus on Twitter and I don't know, TikTok. So it's working out. You're Mm -hmm. getting a lot of views because I know we used you when we at Long Island Golf Co. When we started our advertising campaigns, you did a video for us and it was the most watched video we got. So you're definitely on to something, Claire. Claire, uh, you, you went to, you went to golf tech, right? Tell us about that experience specifically. One of the things I, I went to golf tech one time to check out, like some, uh, do some fitting. And it was definitely unique because they have you hitting, at least the one I went to had me hitting into a blank screen to where I couldn't see anything. I thought it was the weirdest thing because I'm like, how am I supposed to really dial this in and understand this is a good fit for me when I'm hitting at a blank screen? Were you just at a point in the game where that, was it working out just fine or did they actually have a screen that actually had targets on it for you? Yeah. So all of my lessons came out of my pocket. I paid for everything. Honestly, I don't work with golf tech, but I actually really enjoyed directing later. You don't see, you're right. You don't see where the ball goes into the screen. So you hit into the blank screen and then you look up on the TV screen that's directly in front of you. And you can see it. I think that maybe it's just, I don't, I don't really know actually if there's a method to that around there, but I didn't really think that was an issue for me because I was really focused on 
making my swing look pretty and be technical. I don't consider right swing look like a beginner. I think right swing look good. No, you, de- you, I, you definitely do not have a beginner swing. You have a you have a nice, smooth, pretty swing. What, what what's your handicap right now? I don't keep a handicap. What are you shooting for eighteen? My I think it was like three weeks ago, my lowest score this month was 81. Wow. But it really depends on my putter. You, you'd beat me. She'd beat me, Jake. <laughs> my ball, best score this year, ever. my best score this year was 87. So if you were on your okay. A game, you'd beat me. That's pretty impressive for only picking it back up a year and a half ago. And I always leave myself a chance for birdie and a chance for par every single ball. Guaranteed chance for par, usually a chance for birdie on 15 out of 18 holes. And I at Patty. Now we so, know what you need to work at this quote unquote yeah. winter. Let's go get to the greens, just puck. I know. I literally moved into an apartment complex that has like a putting green. No, right. by the pool. Like, that's the only reason. It's the main reason that I chose this apartment. <laughs> there is a putting green and I'm trying to it's not fun. That's why people don't putt a lot, because it's not fun. It's much more fun to go to the range and smash holes instead of sitting over the same 10-foot putt, hitting it over and over again. It's it's the most boring aspect of, of golf practice, but I personally think it's the most boring, right? What do they say? Hit for dough, drive for dough, putt for show, Jake? Well, that's the reverse, but yes, absolutely. Uh, it's drive for show, putt for dough. But, drive uh, for show. Oh. No, but I, 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 I know what you're saying, Diggs, because it's also with putting, it's the weirdest thing with ball striking if you when you get to a certain point in the game you can you really start learning how to master different types of shots and you start understanding when you're going to pull this out when am i going to go for the high shot when am i going to go for a sting when am i going to go for a flop where am i going to put the ball in my stance to 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 mess with the lie the loft what am i looking to do am i in a flyer lie all those things but with putting is so wacky because diggy you can and claire you can probably vouch for this as well but it's so strange how you can be in a situation and hit 17 different putts and have 17 different results. And, and a lot of times I find that it's so piss, it's, it pisses me off because there'll be times where I hit a putt where I'm practicing putting that I'm like, I know I hit that bad and it still goes in. And you're just like, I get pissed at that because I'm like, no, no I don't want positive reinforcement for a bad putt. Because then it comes out in the course. When I'm putting well, it's I'm confident. If I'm like, if I'm on the green and I'm like, I'm making this, most of the time I'm making it. I feel like, what does Yogi Berra say? Half of the game's mental, uh, half the game or 90% of the game is all mental. I think like putting 90% of putting is confidence. Yeah. You got to walk up, you got to walk up to it like it's already in the hole. And so there, there'll be times where yeah, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm cl- how often is it whenever you're going for a gimme putt or the putt after the putt that you missed? Where you just take one hand and smack it and it goes right in the hole. Yeah. How often does that not, you make almost all of those. Yeah. If you miss a bar putt and then I go, let me try that again. It's going. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the putt where you miss the par putt and then you have a three or four footer that you just one hand back toward the hole and it goes in because you just know it's going to go in. Yep. And you don't care and you're not trying. And exactly. No yep. It's if you get up to the first day and you hit one into the woods and you're like, Oh, let me take a breakfast pool. That next pool's. Mainly going straight in the middle. Baby girl, it always goes straight in the fairway. <laughs> yeah, maybe for you, Claire. Not for me. Oh, next year I'm coming to you guys. Next year. So 
Um, Moving forward, Claire, what is your goals with the Caddy Issues channels, YouTube, TikTok? What are you looking to attain over the next level? What are you looking to, to do in 2024? What are your big goals in 2024? I honestly hope to monetize it a little bit more. I don't generally do a lot of ads or collaborations because I don't like my feet being diluted. Mm -hmm. I know I get annoyed when other people do too many promotions. And I just, I want to focus on creating good and entertaining content. I just actually just downloaded YouTube and I'm trying to grow my YouTube. I'm just posting a bunch of shorts right now on YouTube. But I'm hoping in the next couple of months I can start filming an actual like vlog. Rounds, right? Yeah. Yes. YouTube does monetize it a little bit better than the other app. If I can get uh, my follower account, like if we link to my other uh, social media platforms, and that's going to be the goal for this year to get that up and running and just grow it organically. Yeah, that's what people yeah. want to see. Me personally, I'm, I'm constantly watching golf on YouTube. I'll watch the Barstool Foreplay guys. I'll watch the, uh, the Hockey Spit and Chicklets podcast from Barstool. They do a sandbagger series. The good guys. Even part of my takes doing it now. What's his name? Um, uh, Bob. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Bob does sports. Yeah, Bob does sports with Breezy yeah. Golf. I love watching those guys. There's so much content on there and, and people love it. So I think that's a good idea for you because as much as it is, I, I don't really see that too many females going out there doing rounds. Like I know there's some, but that's an untapped market. I think that I see on your Instagram, you got some friends down there that you golf with. I think that mm -hmm. that's a great idea for you to do to, to vlogs, watch you guys playing a full 18 or even a full nine. I think that's a good idea moving forward. Yeah. And when the girls and I get together, we are so entertaining and we think all the time we need to be mic'd up. We need a reality TV show. There's so much that happens to us on and off the course that's just so entertaining. It's almost hard to believe. Yeah. Like you um, need to have someone following you around with the video camera because I'm sure when you're getting on the course, when you're coming off the course, there's so many like men hitting on you and all that stuff is entertaining too. I was playing at Dobson Ranch two days ago and I was on the tee box and I look up and there's, there's apartment complexes on the tee box right there. I look up, there's a guy in the window with full binoculars. <laughs> just literally nonchalantly, blatantly standing in the window with these big binoculars, not even trying to hide it. It's see me see him too, and it's safe. He has no shame. No, no, was he a snowbird? Was he like an 80 year old snowbird? Like, like somebody who's just like, I don't even care. I'm here. What's up? I don't, I can't tell what he looks like. All I saw were like the giant binoculars in the window. And then it was so funny. And we were actually filming too. So I got on camera, but it was That's awesome. like, and it was just crazy stuff like that happens every single time. And I have made it like a thing when people hit their tea shop into us or something like that. I always draw, I don't know if I want to say that, but I always draw a dick on the rumble. <laughs> but don't hit your ball into me. If it always hits me, I'm going to draw a dick on it. That's funny. And I've had to do that twice this week. In this week alone, twice. I think you're on something with this YouTube channel. I think you should, you, you and the girls playing golf, 
you and the girls getting hit on, even if like you show like a day in the life and like, you guys getting up or you guys hitting the gym or you guys playing golf and then going to get drinks afterwards. Like you need to find someone cheap that could follow you around with the camera or just have a friend do it and just do a day in the life of Dig, you know, digs. What, what are you talking about though? She already found her guy. It's that dude in the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go see if give him a couple hundred bucks. See if he wants to. Please. He would do it for free. I yeah. that dude was bored. That dude was bored of his mind. He's like, man, I'm looking at the grass grow. This is better than the grass growing. <laughs> now, Clip, are you officially 100% financially stable with the golf? Is this your only income right now? The golf or you still have until like work part-time or bartend? I don't know if you're going for me to say it. <laughs> oh, I are there. <laughs> No, you could. Well, right, we're we're R rated. You could say whatever. Well, honestly, it's your brand. What well, yeah. I'm asking is, is your brand self sufficient, yeah. or are you still having to support your brand outside of yourself? Does that make sense? I, yeah, social media alone does not support. So I do separately like lingerie photos. Oh, okay, like an OnlyFans. Yeah. Oh, okay, precisely. nice. So I am just like also my one year, two year goal bill be to hopefully become more financially stable yeah through social media and youtube then i won't have to rely on that but it has freed my schedule up entirely i can focus on golf every single day i can work out i can practice i can take lessons i can golf on a random tuesday afternoon and have zero worry about it yeah i will say it's been the best thing for my yeah, and it's an investment in your future, too, because the more time you have to yourself, the more time you have to get better at golf, the more time you have to put out content. Like you said, in two, three years, your golf channel will blow up and you keep at it. I see nothing wrong with her. No, I, I tell my friends all the time, honestly, like if I was a young woman, like I would 100% do an OnlyFans. I was telling my wife, I might do an OnlyFans now. I don't think anybody would want to watch me, but hey, you never know. Hey, there's plenty of bears out there looking for exactly, OnlyFans. Exactly, yeah. Like that, there might be a little niche market for me because like, uh, it's just the, the amount of money that these people make, like it's insane. But it's not only that, Dixie, but it's just, you can't put a price. You really cannot put a price on your freedom. No. And that's, and it's really what it comes down to. Like even the streamers, like, um, you know, Aiden Ross and that kid Neon and all those guys that just stream their life 24 seven and they're millionaires because it's like, to like reality TV with when I was in high school and like the early 2000s, reality TV was the big thing. And yeah. now it's gotten to a point where people don't want reality TV. They just want reality. Like people want to watch people's day to day life and people sit there and literally watch people's day to day life. And right. Because at a certain point, reality TV no longer became reality exactly. TV. Yes, it was now, there, there are times where you can see certain things, but even like the good ones, like one of the shows that I love is blind. And, but that, at the same time, guilty pleasure, Jake. It is a guilty pleasure. I love dating shows. But anyway, Love is Blind, though, they'll do, you'll find out after the season's already been aired that it's, oh, there were like two more couples they actually filmed the entire thing for, but they decided to scrap it at the end of it. I'm like, yeah. what? How would you do that? That's, but you could, even what I'm saying is that there's a difference between those shows and the actual reality that you're seeing because with those television shows, those are edited, chopped, skewed, and they're being aired a year and a half after they actually were filmed. Exactly. So that's irritating because, wait a second, so these people already did everything for that show a year ago. Now, these people are married with the kid and they ju it's but, just there. But they can't post anything on Instagram or social media for a year and a half until it finally airs. Yeah, it's annoying. So 
that just irritates me. Whereas with reality, with these day in the life people, with vlogs, everything like that, the, the lag time is so much less. And I think that speaks to it. I think when you have less lag time between the story and what's act and the actual time of day, mm-hmm. I think it gets special because it creates an actual bond. Yeah. And it's the type of world we live in now. Everybody with the cell phones and the street, everybody wants what they want now. They don't want to wait. When people are taking advantage of that and there's a lot of money out there to be made. Yeah. Especially for my page also, I post stories every day about where I am. I got content trips a lot with yeah. the girls and they like to keep up with that. Have you had any stalkers yet? No, good. thank you for your I obviously keep my last name hidden and I'm very careful. Like I sometimes if I'm staying in a very specific place, I won't cook about it. Until you get home. Yeah. Stay is over. Yeah. That's what they but, say to do nowadays. Don't like if you're out on vacation, don't post pictures until you get home just to be safe. Well, that's true. Claire, we heard that you were in Cabo San Lucas recently. Is that correct? Were you down there for uh, as part of the the PGA tours? Were you like there around the PGA tour event when they were there? I actually know a girlfriend who invited me along with her. So I was like a friend of a friend, and we just went golfing and we watched the called the Worldwide Technology Tour. We watched that for a little bit and we just had a really nice girls trip. There were Pam, Shoshana Kane, and there were a couple other golf girls. Addison was there. I think her a lot. She's one of my best girlfriends. Based in Vegas. So we all just met out in Chicago and golfed a little bit, laid out with Sarner. It's just all in all, like a great trip. Nice. nice. Golf down there is probably beautiful too, right? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. My number one favorite golf course of all time is the Amante. And, and I think Paul Nice. Who, Camilo won that one, right, Jake? Yeah. No, uh, Camilo did not win that one. That was won by Eric Van Royen. He was, oh, okay. he came from behind and shot like nine under on the last day. Camilo came in second place. Gotcha. And Camilo won this last week. Yeah, not two weeks ago. Last week was was Lou Big there. Yeah, I'm totally. I'm slacking. But I, dude, you are, man. I, what are, like, are you I actually you, bro, a golf once, commentator? Yes. Once that once it hits like October, once the Ryder Cup and Presidents Cup is over, I shut down until January. It's all, I, I see how it is. But don't worry, we, the channel will be getting back. But uh, you are full hibernation right now. I am full hibernation. But we don't want to take up any more of your time, Claire. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. If you are listening, make sure to check Claire out on her Instagram at caddy underscore issues. And then on there, you'll have her link tree for her Twitter, her TikTok. And hey, if you're lonely, sign up to our OnlyFans and put a couple bucks in her pocket. There's a better go content on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, yes, thank you so much, Claire. And uh, yeah, good luck. And uh, we hope, I, I definitely hope to see some of those YouTube vlogs in the future. Thanks so much. All right. Big news this week, Jake. The TGL dome collapsed. Is this a metaphor for the TGL? Uh, what is going on? I don't know if it's a metaphor, but it definitely looked more like Fire Festival. <laughs> the entire arena looked like the Fire Festival, little, little biodomes. Was the entire thing being made out of the UNICEF 
hurricane relief shelters. Honestly, that was- I don't get it. The amount of money, like that guy from the guy who owned the San Francisco team, he said he spent more than 25 million, but less than a hundred million. Reading between the lines, he probably spent 50 million. So like figure each team, 50 million, that's 400 million. Like that's what they probably have a billion dollars behind this thing. And you're having an arena with a tent. Like you couldn't think of anything. Now I understand it has to be certain dimensions because they need to have a 50 yard short game area, but like you can't do it in an arena down there. Like how many colleges are there? Like I understand they're going to be doing these shots, like these flop shots and stuff like that, but chipping into the green, but like how high do you really need it? It's not like you're hitting driver or hitting an iron to these greens. You're using the simulator for that. Most of these arenas in, in all honesty, the, the perfect place to use for this kind of this type of setup would have actually been football the football. indoor pra- the indoor practice facility for football for college football teams. Yeah, most college football teams like I, I'm a mile away from University of yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah, they have like a dome. We have a a dome. It's not a dome, but it's an indoor it's an indoor practice facility that's about 130 yards by 140 yards of live actual turf and all that jazz. That the players can do all their workouts and playing on regardless of temperature, regardless of, of conditions. That'd be the perfect location for something like that. Just rent it out from one of the football teams because there's plenty of football teams in Florida that have the facilities, but it don't have a, don't have a good team this year. Hey, your team sucks this and year. Honestly, gonna- it, it's starting in January. So football season's over. Yeah. All and the football so- games are over. And the only teams that are still playing are the teams that are playing for the national championship. And the teams that are in the Palm Beach area aren't, they're like, D1, D2, D3 D teams, they're not playing for a national championship. So that there would have been, now granted, maybe they're being used for soccer or lacrosse and stuff like that. But I guess it'd be hard to move the equipment in and out to build the stage, but they could have came up with a deal. Here, we're going to donate $100 million for new uniforms for your entire sports program. I'm sure one of the colleges down there would have said yes. Absolutely. Or they could have just moved it to Orlando. There's IMG Academy down there. There's a lot of the other uh, indoor facilities that are down there. And there's just a, a better weather situation all year round. But ultimately, the more it looks like this, the more and more, to me, the TGL just seemed like a pipe dream idea that was put together haphazardly with the sole intention of getting money to players to not go to live golf. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I think that's what they did it for. And honestly, like I know a lot of our friends and a lot of our followers and friends on Twitter were talking shit about it. You, big boy, all the other guys. But you know what? I was looking forward to it. But primetime golf on a Monday night at nine o'clock, football season's over. It's not Monday night football. Like what else are you watching at that time? So I was definitely going to tune in, but I think it's crazy that they had to push it back into 2025. But when you look at the schedule, they didn't want it to run into major seasons. This had a hard stop right before the Masters. And honestly, now it's be very interesting to see that if it does come out in 2025, if they make this deal with Danuco and Piff and everybody singing Kumbaya around the fire, they might nix the whole TGL. And I honestly would because there's really not a good time of the year for this to actually happen. You say, oh, it's best to do it in January or whatever. No, it's not. Look, with a lot of these pro golfers, they, a lot of the serious pro golfers, the guys that are trying to go for major championships or whatever, they're not dialing it back in, in April. Okay. They're not starting to play their first tournament in April. No. Okay. They're gearing no, up they, in they, January, February. They're gearing up in January. They're playing the Hero World Challenge in December. They're playing a couple of the 
select PGA events in January and February. West Coast. That's the thing too with January. All the, the entire PGA tour schedules on the West Coast in January. So these yeah. guys would have been flying from California to Florida. It would have been a pain in the ass. Oh, absolutely. And not only that, but so the ultimate, the best time for it would be to film it like a Netflix series. Do it like, like how Netflix would, or sorry, how like Nickelodeon used to do their react, their sports TVs, <laughs> like Double Dare or Global Guts. I'm thinking of Global Guts, which is basically American Gladiator for what kids. What was the other one? The Temple? The uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legend. My dude, Omek, what's yeah. up? No, but you understand, like they actually, they would syndicate that. They would film it all in the span of a week and a half and then release it over the course of a season. And that's honestly how they should have done this. Basically rent out Universal Studio or Universal Studios Theater in uh, the Nickelodeon Theater that was used for all the filming in the 90s, by the way, sits vacant right now. It's just saying it's over in Orlando. You could have done this in a week and a half. Guess you didn't want to make it happen, did you, TGL? Yeah. Sucks to suck, buttercup. But that's how they should have done this. They should have done it that way. They should have had it filmed in front of a live studio audience and had it done it in a week and a half span. That way they could actually not interrupt these golfers' schedules because during the during this time of the year, do you know what all the golfers, are, all the big-time players are doing right now? Do you know what they're doing right this moment? Nothing? No, no. Right now they're filming all of their commercials for the next year. Okay, gotcha. So this time of year from November through like through December, most of them are hanging out in Scottsdale uh, or they're hanging out in, in Jupiter, Jupiter, Florida, or the Kingdom in California, San Diego. Mm -hmm. And they're basically filming all of their commercials for the next year and a half. Got it. So all of that stuff that you saw from Tiger from the past year on YouTube or with the forgiveness, all of that's filmed in November at the Kingdom. And they basically have everybody down there for a week and they just film it out. They pump it out. They pump yeah. it out. Then Callaway will bring everyone down to Scottsdale and they'll just pump it out in a week. And it'll come out over the next year and a half. Makes sense. Yeah, and so they, they do this right this time of year for that. And then, then also the other players, the players who don't have the big time commercial deals, they still have sponsorship requirements where they're doing like meet and greets at this place or they're yeah. playing in some AT&T thing where AT&T executives can go, oh my God, I got to hang out with yeah. Jordan Spade. They do that and then they shut it down for the holidays and then gear it up in January. Honestly, I'll tell you one thing. I bet you that 75% of those players that were signed up for TGL are secretly pumping their fist right now are happy that it's being delayed because I bet you a lot of those guys, once they saw the logistics of everything and that they would have to travel here, travel there and have to do these events. Because think about it, not only are they doing that on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, they have to do the pro-ams. They have to get their practice in. So it was like a, a week-long event. Oh, yeah. This PGA was a pure... Tournaments. There was a lot of golf and a lot of time out of these guys' lives. Oh, yeah. This was a logistics nightmare. The, the guys who thought this up, they really don't understand how to do this kind of stuff. It's a bunch of guys who thought they could just do this. Yeah. They're acting like a bunch of 19-year-olds who think they have unlimited energy when it's, dude, your main guy is a 48-year-old with a replaced leg, <laughs> with a donated leg. Okay, yep. chill out, bro. And not only that, man, but again, they should have just done it like I was saying. Yeah. Get one of the Universal Studios stations, film it all indoors in a week, film your entire season in a week, and then you're good to go. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, lock everybody up for the they did it in the bubble for hockey and basketball. That would have been that would have been a good idea. But anyway, that does it for this week's episode. We will be back in two weeks to cover the promotion event that we are excited about and yeah follow us on twitter at 54 live pod jake anything life is good in the hood later